0: You said you started working as a young boy. Yes. Basically, before you could legally do so. How did that
1: happen? Like I said, I never wanted to work in constructions because (laughs) I saw my dad coming home almost on his knees because of he was tired and he was dusty and he was dirty and he was and drunk a couple of times. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to do that. So after like one hour, I had no um, fingertips. Oh, yeah. I was in blood. My whole body was covered in that uh, white dust Mm -hmm. from the wall. I couldn't breathe. It was tough. He was tough. But um, I started crying. You know, I was a kid. And my dad was like, how do you feel now? I Like, 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 shit, because I'm hungry. I'm angry. I'm, I I don't have freaking fingertips. I'm full of dust. I cannot breathe. He was like, welcome to the working uh, (laughs) class uh, life. This is my everyday. Sometimes I eat, sometimes I don't eat. I was like, fuck. It was a very nasty time back then because I didn't get any more jobs. We were going like step by step, kind of broke as a family. I answered, you got accepted to the States, you want to go or no? What? Okay. (laughs) I'm painting my mom's kitchen. (laughs) Sounds a bit human (laughs) trafficking. I was like, yes. She was like, okay, come uh, tomorrow. I will make the um, the paperwork for the visa. Mm-hmm. You go to Bucharest, fly to the States. I'm like, mama, I'm going to the United <laughs> States. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I want to start off this episode with some weird and disgusting trivia that I just learned about. Are you all for it?
1: About Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> about about uh... <laughs> okay, okay. That's so I was I was just reading a book about uh, life and political ascension of Ceausescu. Apparently, Ceausescu was a very neat in folding up his clothes when he finished, you know, his day. Mm-hmm. And his wife never allowed the you know the staff to wash their underwear. So who, who... I have to give it to them. <laughs>
1: So <laughs> who, who was <watched> their underwear? <laughs> they did. Oh, they did. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I have to give it to them because, uh, you know, they fucked up the country. But having worked for a while in the theater and having heard some horror stories from the ladies that were in charge of the actors and actresses' wardrobe, I I have some respect there for uh, Elena, Elena. for, uh, you know, dealing with their uh, dirty laundry, so to speak. Yes,
1: it is. It is disgusting, but yeah, it's true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So welcome back, David. Yes, finally. (laughs) So let's pretend we're serious, a bit more serious now. And let's gently, tentatively introduce the topic of the day. I tried to sort of intellectualize what uh, we're trying to do here. And first I thought, okay, maybe we could frame the discussion as uh, how do different ideas come about in the sense that how do you pick them up within the environment that you grow up in, with the expectations that are placed upon you? Then I thought, well, maybe we could also talk about how, despite the fact that both of our families were formed and lived during uh, the years of yeah. communism, yeah, and supposedly we were a classless society. And it's true that there were many things that sort of leveled people off, in a way. Uh, there was still a difference in terms of both opportunities, and the basic experience that you could expect as a child growing up uh, if you grew up in a family that had people working in a factory versus people who were engineers versus people who were maybe second generation of lawyers or, I don't know, doctors, Mm -hmm. obviously. And we might still touch on all these things, but to be honest, this is a bit of a self-indulgent episode where uh, we're probably going to go down memory lane or mostly your memory lane.
1: Go down the rabbit hole, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's probably still going to be a very self-indulgent episode regardless of the structure we're trying to give it. But from what I've learned about you... Uh, during our discussions, you had quite a eventful life up yeah. until now.
1: I worked my ass off, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and uh, myself being a rather proper and quiet child, and uh, not uh, causing too much trouble to my parents when I was little, I've learned that I could do that now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm always very interested to 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 uh, hear about uh, not your children. It's fascinating. It's quite fascinating. And one of the first things that caught my eye was the fact that you started working at an early age. And as you said, you've been working your ass off ever since. 14, 13, I think 13. Mm Mm-hmm. Not to to Mm poo-poo people who like work in, I don't know, their parents' shop or maybe work at McDonald's or things like that. That's also work, obviously. But uh, you've worked in construction. Yes. And that's uh, (laughs) kind of a different... uh, it's, 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 It's a world unto itself. And I think this is interesting. And I would like you to also talk about what working in that kind of environment, especially so young, meant in terms of your skills, both practical skills, but also social skills, because learning to sort of survive and, and adapt to that kind of not very nurturing, I'm assuming, field.
1: Not at all. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, is is probably going to, to have an impact on uh, you. And then you also t- uh, talked about the fact that you had to sort of diversify your skill set quite a lot. And I'm curious as to how much of that was uh, you having to sort of live in a gig economy in an unstable world with, you know, all the financial troubles yes. and how much of it was also your curiosity and eagerness to, to develop. And then uh, also because you seem to be balancing and I guess whether or not this is like precariously or successfully is up to you. Uh, but you seem to be balancing sort of two worlds. And one of that I would say is the more conservative expectation. I'm un- assuming assuming that comes from your background of how you should be, you know, a lad being a lad, uh, versus a more curious, maybe exploratory side that likes to sort of look at the world and poke around and maybe wouldn't mind breaking the shell every now and again.
1: Today's main word is opportunity. First of all, I never wanted to work in (laughs) constructions. So
0: let's start at the the beginning, because this is going to be probably very full of details. But let's start at the beginning. (laughs) Uh, So tell me a bit about sort of your um, background, your family, your neighborhood and uh, your surroundings in your early childhood. I come from a worker family.
1: I mean, Mm -hmm. my mom was a housewife. Yeah. She okay. didn't have any job. And my dad worked his ass off in constructions. And, um, well, I um, I was raised in a neighborhood up on the hill in Gruya, where like 20 years ago, cows and the chickens were were on the street, you know, like on so the countryside.
0: It, it was it was uh, the, the village within the city. Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. was. And it.
1: Still is. I mean, everybody knows everybody. Everybody helps everybody. If I see my neighbor struggling with, I don't know, digging a hole or something, I will ask him, "Hey, you wanna, you want, you want some help?"
0: So the sort of spirit of community yes, was very is. much there. Yes, and like I said.
1: It's Still on,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, that that area, as you said, because it's uh, more of a, it has a bit of a rural vibe. Mm, yes, it is. Well, not <laughs> not has. that much anymore. Not that but much I'm anymore, su- yeah. but like twenty yeah. years ago, yes. Did you, uh, from early on, maybe uh, apropos of this community feeling, did you feel uh, any palpable difference uh, to someone who was, for instance, growing up in an apartment building in a flat?
1: I think I realized later on
0: mm-hmm. because
1: I'm still five minutes from the center of the city mm-hmm. by foot. So I lived somehow on the countryside, but from five minutes ago from the mm-hmm. center. So like
0: yeah. So it was a bit of a world between worlds. Yes, because I remember. So I grew up in an apartment building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a relatively small one. It has like it had like four floors. I think all in all we were like ten or eleven families. Mm-hmm. And I remember sometimes you know uh, when my parents uh, had to leave me with someone, they would just leave me with one of the neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't just I think just because they didn't. Either have the money or the idea of oh we're going to hire someone to. There was, I I think, there was
1: no such thing back back in
0: the days in in Romania. There probably was, but not for people like (laughs) us. not sure there was. I mean, you know, where there's money, there's also possibility, yeah. opportunity. As you By said. the way,
1: I uh, I used to live in a in on, in an apartment. At the age of six or seven, I think we moved uh, to a house mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. my great grandma used to live there, and my dad just built a small house near. So we moved. Yeah, the but hill.
0: I, I'm guessing most of your childhood memories are from the time yes, you already. Yes. So uh, that's that's kind of interesting. The whole uh, community spirit. And this is something that stayed with you pretty much throughout the years? Or have you felt pretty like Pretty much, it has yes. Ranked?
1: And uh, pretty much it stays in the community too. Because people were moving and moving out and other people bought the houses or something. And the new neighbors, they saw this spirit and they, they, uh, they acted like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I have super new neighbors and we salute each other, we help each other and we barely know each other.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's a nice community. It's really nice when it, there's sort of uh, this this feeling that as you said even newcomers take on because I I don't know if this is all partly because of the nature of apartment buildings but I don't remember there being a particularly strong and lasting feeling of community as I grew up because of course as we grew up the 90s the whole (laughs) craziness of the transition and everything people grew apart and I remember the whole interactions between for instance my family and the other neighbors especially when new people came in uh, they just got sparser and sparser and at some point most of the interaction or the only interaction was happening only when they were but I don't know, there would be a conflict over something like, <laughs> <laughs> and then even that would just be like, oh, this annoying neighbor, but like being passive aggressive and not actually even, uh, you know, having a talk or uh, having a discussion about the things that were we, bothering people.
1: We, we still do an, in, an interesting thing. If I want to go to a neighbor's mm-hmm. house. I don't ring the bell or something. I just go in Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it's okay. I mean, he's not going to hit me. He's not going to get upset. He's not going to get angry. And if I'm in the backyard or something and one neighbor sees me, he's just coming in. It's okay. It's fine.
0: Yeah. And I remember when I used to uh, spend time during the summers at my grandparents in a smaller town, the casualness of uh, someone, you know, just looking out their window and passersby would just interact with them just like that. Like not necessarily (laughs) yeah not necessarily even the neighbors but in a sort of in that particular context it wasn't considered either i don't know a faux pas or weird or Mm -hmm. anything like that to just be like oh they
1: got something to talk about
0: yeah and i guess it also might have been uh related to the fact that there was a higher chance of people having very similar experiences for instance i remember the whole street not just the whole family like throughout the Two or three generations mm-hmm. watching the same telenovela yeah, or, yeah, or soccer game or Yeah, because you you didn't have a lot of options, so everyone knew what you know what happened in Dallas or I don't know Marimar or whatever yes. the, the telenovela of the the day was. So I think that was probably also conducive to it. Probably yes. Would you also say that you realized certain expectations that were set by your parents? um, Not
1: really. Mm -hmm. I mean, expectations, the only expectations were that uh, to stay in school. Okay. Not necessarily be the best and have only Mm -hmm. super good grades, but just like finish school.
0: Was that because they had any sort of uh, idea about education being helpful or a way up the social ladder or was it just because being in school meant you? were keeping yourself out of trouble
1: I think both but I made a lot of trouble for them in school either so (laughs) 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 it was the same
0: But, but uh, did uh, they uh, at any point uh, put pressure on you? On uh, Were you the first to, I don't know, uh, go to college or want to go to college? Or did your parents expect you to?
1: I never went to college. My parents said, uh, asked me, hey, you want to go to college or what you want to do? Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I want to work. And that's it. I don't want to go to college. I'm sick of learning stuff from people. That's it. I'm going to go to work. <laughs> I don't know if it, if it was a good or a bad decision I don't know.
0: Well I mean you can learn in different ways. I can ways. still go to college <laughs> Yeah you can still go to college and obviously you can also learn in various of ways. I mean there are there a are few things for which you really absolutely need if you mm-hmm. just want the knowledge yeah. uh, for which you absolutely need to go to college in the sense that you cannot even exert that profession without the papers like I don't know being a doctor or a lawyer things like that but like I don't know you want to be a designer or you want You don't need (laughs) to know college. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, so you said you started working as a young boy. Yes. Basically, before you could legally do so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did that happen and uh, why?
1: Like I said, I never wanted to work in constructions <laughs> because I saw my dad coming home almost on his knees because of he was tired and he was dusty and he was dirty and he was and drunk a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. But, <laughs> like I said, I wasn't... I, wasn't a really good kid. When I was like 13. I had to be home at 10 p.m. and I arrived home at 4 a.m. the other day. So my parents were up already, or I don't know if they slept or something. I have to mention, this was way before cell phones. Yes. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> they didn't know where I were. And on top of that, I arrived home drunk. So they were not that angry. Oh no! no. Oh no, do that, that, that. No! But my mom was like, okay. Tomorrow, you're going to start work. I was like, mom, I'm in school. She mm-hmm. was like, yeah. I was like, how? She was, I will talk with the um, principal. I'm mm-hmm. going to take you off school for one week. And you're going to go. I think this wasn't your first
0: misdemeanor if your mom took to this uh, no, serious of an action.
1: It, it was the last. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, yeah, tomorrow you're going to go to work with your dad. I was like, no school. Okay, mm-hmm. let's do it. I'm going to work. How you, hard you, it can be!
0: You thought it was gonna be a piece of cake.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm working with my dad, you know, family. It's gonna be, cool. yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> very nice. The next day, my dad woke up at four thirty in the morning. Mm. He was like, "Oh, wake, wake up, okay." We started work like at seven. We had to we had to drive like a two and a half hour, and we arrived in the mountains. It was a small house. We had to renovate, renovate and mm-hmm. just build some stuff near near the house and my dad handed me a um, big roll of uh, sandpaper and he was like you see you see that wall start to sandpaper that wall mm-hmm. until it's super shiny and smooth. super yeah smooth I'm like okay how hard it can be well it was
0: <laughs> you got the it karate was. kids
1: treatment it was <laughs> yes polish yeah, yeah um so after like one hour i had no um fingertips oh yeah i was in blood like literally, when I when I sandpapered the the um, the wall, it was just blood stains everywhere. <laughs> uh, my whole body was covered in that uh, white dust from the wall. I couldn't breathe.
0: I'm guessing this was also a time when I I'm not sure even now on Romanian uh, uh, construction sites uh, the safety like equipment and the safety measures there was I, no safety i don't back think then. Yeah, back then it <laughs> nah, was it was pretty no much safety <laughs> <laughs> if you're and
1: gonna sweat. die that's it we're gonna bury that's it <laughs> no i'm joking um i did that job for like three hours after that uh there was one more guy i was me my dad and one more guy and they were like oh let's um, let's have lunch my dad took uh, took out from his bag uh, you know bread and sausage and whatever he had the other guy too. And I was like, and me, my. um, you
0: didn't bring your lunchbox.
1: I I think that was my, my first lesson, like really, really good lesson in life. Mm -hmm. It was a tough one, but it was, it was rough. (laughs) It was tough. He was tough, but um, I started crying, you know, I was a kid and my dad was like, how do you feel now? I was like, like, like shit, because I'm hungry. I'm angry. I'm, I, I don't have freaking fingertips. I'm full of dust. I cannot breathe. He was like... Welcome yeah, to the working uh, yeah, <laughs> class life. This is my everyday. Sometimes I eat, sometimes I don't eat. I was like, fuck. And I was just like spending money, you know? Oh, I want that shoe or I want that... Water, I want that whatever. And I, at the end of the day, by the way, I asked, and where's the money? <laughs> you know? <laughs> he was like, well, have you finished the job? Not really. He was like, well, when you finish it, you're going to get the money. And the next day... I, um, when we arrived home at like 8 or 9 o'clock in the evening, I made some sandwiches. I went to my grandma to ask for some money because I haven't had any money. I went, I bought some cola, coke, so I can have the other day. When I... Think back and look back now. I think that was my first lesson in life.
0: And, Take uh, care of yourself. And was it just like that one week of experiment from your mom? Or was that the start of your that start because, life? Because you mm-hmm. That was the start. Because you uh, kept going back.
1: That was the start. Because after that week, I got the money. I really don't know the amount of the money. But it was huge. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. For my age, I got a lot. And when I got the money in my hand, I was looking at, at the money. I was like... I made all this money, mm-hmm. like in one week? My dad was like, well, yeah, that's your money. You can do whatever you want with that money. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so what are we going to do next week? <laughs> I don't want to go back to school, but I had to finish school. Mm-hmm. But since then, um, I worked all the weekends. Summer holiday, I just worked mm-hmm. because I liked it.
0: And how did you grow to like it from, you know, like scratching your finger or tips to the bone to to, to uh, growing to like it so much that you keep on doing it
1: it felt very manly okay i know it's 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 strange mm-hmm. but if you're a 14 year old kid and you have a lot of money for your age i started to develop you know muscle and stuff because it's it's a hard yeah, labor yeah yeah
0: yeah sure
1: i was like man i'm i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna buff. be a, yeah i'm gonna be a man
0: and i'm getting buff and earning money yes yes <laughs> Yeah, it's it's my first love. It, it uh, gave you sort of a feeling of independence. Yes, of course. And then probably All also the a sense of accomplishment because you didn't just develop skills. But I'm guessing uh, the difference, for instance, between someone who does more abstract work mm-hmm. is that your skills, you can see the result in a very short period of time. And it's there and it's very palpable and it's very satisfactory, right? Yeah, you, can, you right? can say
1: I made that wall. And that wall is going to be there for forever, yeah. maybe.
0: So it's the sort of leaving your mark in history that <laughs> many, many people just can aspire to and maybe never accomplish. Yes, I built that wall. I made that thing. And it's there. Whether uh-huh. you like it or not, it's there until you demolish it. And even when you demolish it, you still have to pick up the pieces and you're still going to remember that some asshole made that wall.
1: <laughs> I um, I have this feeling Almost, almost on a daily basis when I drive back and forth in Cluj, because I see a lot of stuff. A couple of times when I went to the deposit near you here, mm-hmm. in the back, I just uh, passed your um, apartment. I was like, man, I work there on the fourth floor. You know, mm. so
0: it's a special kind of memory that you is. associate with the work that you do. In terms of the good things and the bad things in these early year on the construction site, so you, 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 you told us about the good things, the feeling of empowerment, of independence, independence and and things and, like that.
1: I, I could take care of myself.
0: Yeah. So what about the less ideal things?
1: The less ideal things were, um, first of all, physical labor, because, you know, you, you're still, you're a 14, 15 year old guy. And if you have to carry like uh, 40 kilos of cement, mm-hmm. it's tough, even now. And in constructions in Romania, I don't know elsewhere, but in Romania, there are a lot of... Um, older master guys Mm -hmm. and they think they know everything and uh, they act like uh, dictators yeah they act like Chaușescu by the way (laughs) (laughs) so uh, one time uh, but they
0: did but they don't fold their uh, clothes neatly uh, in the evening no or wash their linen (laughs) and
1: probably they shit themselves in the evening (laughs) (laughs) it was one time that um a full truck of salmon came, 40, 50 uh, bags mm-hmm. of 40 kilos each, and uh, I was the only one who, who was who were working. I was like, man, I'm gonna die, like mm-hmm. literally, I'm gonna. That's it. Yeah, break your this back, literally la- break yeah, your break back. my back, literally. This is my last day, and they were just like laughing and they didn't care. Mm-hmm. And I finished the job, and I finished the job, and after that, and I finished after the, after I finished the job. They were like, oh, you un- you unloaded it on the left side. It had to be unloaded on the right side. Oh, my God. I was like, in my mind, I'm going to kill you. Like, literally, I'm going to take something and I'm that's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Blood is going to be spilled. Today. And I moved it
1: on the right side. I moved all the bags on the right side. And I knew that um, if I'm going to move those bags tomorrow... I'm going to get lesser job. That's why I said in the beginning that today's word is opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm an opportunity guy.
0: So you mean in the sense that they would figure, okay, we've had him work enough or yeah, we've broke um, him enough. couple today. of days
1: you just, I don't know, mm-hmm. sweeping the floor or something like that.
0: Looking back on it, uh, do you think it was the sort of very macho mm-hmm. thing of, uh, okay, I, sh- I-, I show you who's the boss and if you do what I tell you, then you're good, we're fine. Was well, that yeah, sort of thing? That
1: was the um, mindset, I think. And uh, I hated it. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself that someday if I'm going to have some... Um, apprentice?
0: Yeah, something. apprentice or people mm-hmm. or something working, with, you or working you. with
1: me or for me, yes, I'm not going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And I had people, a lot of people with different... Uh, different people from different countries. And when I left the company, i worked in the us we're gonna talk about that. yeah, too. Yes, yeah. and um after i left the company I, I i got a lot of emails i still have them and printed them mm-hmm. like from guys i was there um some kind of boss. Mm-hmm. I was the team leader and they were mm-hmm. like helpers. And I got a lot of emails like, thank you, and you had to, I don't know, reach my goal or whatever, or uh, you were a good guy, and I, I have all those paper printed. Because...
0: Congratulations! <laughs> you were not an asshole! Yes, I'm
1: not, I was not an <laughs> asshole.
0: And what about the problem of drinking or the drinking culture on the construction site? Because I remember you mentioning that that was a bit of a problem.
1: Yeah, drinking heavily and smoking cigarettes heavily that's Mm -hmm. the thing in constructions and somehow somehow i understand somehow Mm -hmm. because we worked a lot of times like in november december january Mm -hmm. outside outside there were like minus 15 minus 17 Mm -hmm. celsius we were like freezing like literally freezing but the guys who drank a lot they were okay yeah they were like fine it's not that cold (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yes, drinking is a problem.
0: I'm guessing it's not just for practical reasons during the winter to mm-hmm. warm you up. I'm guessing it's also to it's maybe alcoholism. relieve the pain, the yes. physical pain as well, maybe also the any psychological pain, because I'm not picturing most construction workers going to their therapist very often or at all.
1: Or at all, yeah. I think after 16 years in constructions, mm-hmm. I think 95% of people who work in constructions, they don't want to work in constructions. Mm -hmm. It's their only uh, way of making money.
0: Given the context in uh, Romania at the moment, or at least in some uh, cities in Romania, it's also one of the most lucrative uh, blue-collar businesses, so to speak. Because you make a lot more than, I don't know, being a seller in a shop or things like that.
1: You can make easily in one week. If you have a good job and you have a good team, you can make an, enough money so you don't have to work three more weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it's rare, but you can do that. I worked in constructions, right? I mm-hmm. started there. After that, I leveled up because I had some opportunities mm-hmm. in my life and I took those opportunities. Okay. I live with those. I think everybody has. Absolutely. They don't observe that, maybe that opportunity they don't take the ride on the opportunity train i don't know
0: yeah but i think it's like this whole conversation about potential or opportunity or things like that uh it's like yes surely you know nobody can can contest the fact that in any person's life no matter how wretched uh, you get windows of opportunity of course but the thing is that if you are at a certain level you might not be equipped to profit yes, from those opportunities. Maybe, yes. So they might come your way, but what's the point if you cannot grab onto them?
1: Even, so. even you had an opportunity. You worked in a theater? mm mm-hmm. And you had an opportunity to work in office. You took that opportunity. <laughs> you you grabbed that. You wanted that opportunity well, to happen.
0: I mean, it's it's probably a weird example in the sense that I really thought that I wanted to work in well, not necessarily in the theater, but in, you know, the sort of creative mm-hmm. industry. And it was my experience of it was okay-ish, but also kind of disappointing. And the office job I currently have was not something I really wanted. It was just like a temporary thing to allow me to to move uh, to a new town. It's not my ideal job either now. I know. But it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's okay. Uh, It pays the bills. Yes. And I get to do this uh, in my spare time. So that's, I'm not that stressed out that I am unable to pursue the things that actually feel fulfilling in my uh, spare time. So that's good enough for me at the moment.
1: We are still looking for new people in constructions if you want.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we did discuss about. uh, I think last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About tutorials for, I don't know, doing things, practical stuff around the house. So at some point you did what all finance bros advise people to do, (laughs) you diversified your investment. Except it wasn't with capital, it was your labor, because that's what us uh, non-rich people can do. And uh, you mentioned having all sorts of different jobs besides uh, the one in the construction industry. Was it a gig worker sort of thing tied to the financial crisis or simply needs-based or, you know, as I said, uh, you trying out different things for your own sake?
1: New opportunities. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and which of these uh, jobs or skills did you like especially?
1: I, uh, like I said, I worked with my dad all the way until 21, I mm-hmm. think, 22, like six years, seven years, mm-hmm. eight. And it was a very nasty time back then because I didn't get any more jobs. We were going like step by step, kind of broke. As a family,
0: was this uh, around the time or just after the after the after two thousand? Mm-hmm. It was two thousand twelve. The housing bubble and everything.
1: It was two thousand and twelve. Because I know for, a t- for for
0: for a while, construction and everything, real estate related, it just was like flat, stuck. Everything. Yeah.
1: Nobody did nothing. My dad was like very very disappointed and and mm-hmm. like literally sad. Yeah. He I, had no work. I mean, he had to feed the family. My mom worked a little bit, but it was not enough. I finished already s- uh, high school and uh, I was looking for jobs Mm -hmm. and my cousin um, called me he was oh I know a guy who knows a guy you know (laughs) (laughs) they're looking for cook like man a chef I I, I mean no no like cook not chef I was like I can do some fries and some eggs if you want And kind of that's it. I was like no, 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 like real cook, like man, I cannot cook. I was like man, let's meet. I, br- I I bring this friend, and you're gonna talk with him. Like, okay, I met with the guy, and he was like, hey, you know how to cook? I'm like no, <laughs> <laughs> not at all.
0: Honesty <laughs> no, is the best policy.
1: He was like, good. Uh, we're gonna go and meet the restaurant owner. <laughs>
0: I mean, like, man, I
1: cannot cook. Good, good. Look what you have to do. This restaurant is like um, their main. Um, food or their specialties are pastas they're gonna ask you if, you if you can cook and they're gonna ask you if you can cook pasta and if they uh, they're gonna ask you if you can cook carbonara pasta carbonara you're gonna say that I can cook pasta but I don't know how you cook it here in this restaurant mm. and they're gonna tell you the whole recipe and the whole thing how they do it so here you are, you can cook pasta I like, man, <laughs> you're freaking crazy so when we, we met with the owner, the owner was like uh, three or four years younger than me. He was like a kid. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, this is the owner. Yeah. First question, can you cook pasta? I was like, um, yeah, yeah. I and totally can, can, bro. Yeah, of course. Uh, can you cook pasta carbonara? <laughs> of course. But how do you cook it here in this restaurant? Because I know like different recipes, maybe, maybe different And I, I want yes. to cook like how so you I w- cook. I
0: want to respect the rules yeah. of the house.
1: I want to cook how you cook. And they explained me how to, how to make it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, like very confident. Oh, okay. Okay. And um, the guy was like, okay, so uh, tomorrow at eight, you can start. We shook hands. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, let's grab a beer. I don't have money, but you're going to pay me a beer. That's it. They were like, okay, let's celebrate this, um, this evening. I was like to my cousin's friend, "Uh, man. And when I'm going to sign the contracts, there's no freaking contracts. We live in Romania. We work, we're going to get paid under the table. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I worked there like six months. <laughs> it was you, nice. you learned the good uh, yes, carbonara I learned, recipe. I learned can you still do it now? Yes, of course. Is I it can. delicious? We can cook one day. Yeah, go. <laughs> uh, but a day came when they didn't want to pay us. We need the money. I mean, we were like two months and no payment.
0: But you still didn't have a contract. Of right? course.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> And they were like, oh, I'm going to pay you next week. So the next week came. Oh, I'm going to pay you the next week. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. time and so went on. by. Uh, I was like, man, I quit.
0: Was the business not paying you because it eventually got into trouble and went bankrupt? Or was it just a shit-ass boss? No,
1: they went to to um, some Winter Olympics or whatever in um, France, in the office. So, <laughs> With the money? Yeah. So we quit. We took. I'm. I'm not ashamed to do to, to say this. We mm-hmm. took everything from the kitchen, like spoons, <laughs> forks, food. And after that, I was jobless. And I had some. Um, I still have uh, one of the one of my neighbors. Um, there are three brothers, mm-hmm. and uh, they went and they went to the states to work, mm-hmm. back and forth, back and forth. You know, visas. I talked to them. I was like, hey, man, I I want to go to America. And they were like, oh, it's super so there's easy. There's an agency. The just, land of
0: opportunity. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> uh, you just uh, sign up at the agency and you're going to have some interviews and that's it. You're going to go to mm-hmm. to the States. Okay. I went, I got the interviews, but I got rejected. And I um, still remember that I was painting my uh, mom's kitchen. What and, color? It's very uh, important. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, peach. Yeah, very it good. was Peach. And I was making the the corners, mm-hmm. and I I, um, I got a phone call. Mm-hmm. I answered, uh, you got accepted to the States, you want to go or no? I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> I'm painting my mom's kitchen. <laughs>
0: Sounds a bit human trafficking. <laughs>
1: I was like, yes. She was like, okay, come uh, tomorrow, I will make the um, the paperwork for the visa. Mm-hmm. You go to Bucharest, fly to the States. I was like, mama, I'm going to the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Cut to the next scene. Yes. <laughs> Cut to the next <laughs> I'm in the States. I had a couple of opportunities there too. We had to carry a lot of heavy stuff. I worked in uh, near Washington DC and um, in a warehouse in a moving company. A lot of trucks came. We had to unload the stuff and we had to upload different stuff. And we had to make this like 20-25 trucks a day. Super heavy, big labor, physical bullshit. I broke my back, literally.
0: But you got some uh, pretty nifty skills of like flipping around the bookcase with your I... hand and stuff like that that yes, I've seen you do. I've,
1: I've got some skills. I learned some skills, but my back is still broke. And I was like, I met a really, really nice guy there, a guy from Bucharest. We lived in the same apartment, in the same room. I was like, hey, man... Like, let's try somehow to get the same money but work less. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You what, know. A, what an innovative idea!
1: I went to work the other day, and the guy was like, "Hey, talk with Mike." He was a forklifter, you know that uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. car with. Me. Yeah. Hey, Mike, uh, I need your help. I still want to work in this company because if I quit, they're gonna send me home, mm-hmm. like home in Romania. I want to have the same paycheck but work less. How can I do that? You work here for like 20 years. How can I do that?
0: Teach me, senpai.
1: Yeah, he was like, "Well, um, tomorrow uh, when uh, the warehouse manager comes, you." gonna start to unload or uh, upload the truck and i'm gonna come and i'm gonna say that oh i need you for something and we're gonna manage something i don't know you're gonna help me with something i don't know with what i was like okay but there's a small problem i have a good friend Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he wants to do the same he was like who that guy oh okay tomorrow i'm gonna come i'm gonna call you guys and i'm gonna give you something to work i don't know something Mm -hmm. we're gonna figure it out long story short this company worked with the military When they send the military to Afghanistan, Iraq, whatever, where where they send it, they uh, put their stuff in big crates, Mm -hmm. uh, two meter uh, high, uh, one meter wide and Mm -hmm. one meter deep. And um, sometimes those crates break break, and and, and, uh, they got scratched and, you know, and there was a Mexican guy who was fixing those crates. He was the only one fixing those crates in the, in the entire company. And Mike was like, hey, Marco, come here and uh, look, I, I got you two guys to help you. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was like in heaven because he, he was alone. No, it's hard labor that mm-hmm. too. So we started making crates, which was really nice because there was no cameras there. Mm, no we could do whatever. We, we brought like beer to work and um, um, sometimes we smoked the joint in the warehouse and, you know, we had to make 10 crates a day you make 10 crates two guys in three hours four hours Mm -hmm. and you still have a lot of hours so i took the opportunity and since that day when mike moved us to the to the crate section the only thing that i had to do is that i had to buy him weed (laughs) but it was i worked less i got the same money we, we, we slept in those crates a couple of times. So
0: <laughs> It's very interesting because, uh, as you said, you were pretty blunt about what you were up to or what you wanted to do. You just walked up to your colleague and you were like, Yeah,
1: I will do everything. I don't know, I, I have to dance in front of the bus I would do that I don't know I don't care
0: whereas to me it seems like even though I'm sure there is a lot of time wasting in terms of what goes on in the office like a lot yep. even people who are efficient or maybe even more so them because then you're like you're efficient so you've done the work uh, so there's a lot of time wasting uh going on in uh, the office and some of it even e- isn't even voluntary like you get delays because someone along the chain maybe has had some problems Problems or has had some delays, and then you're waiting for them either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, the language is like oftentimes, unless you're very on friendly terms with some of the colleagues is uh, very much avoidant of this like oh we're working so hard we're all so busy but like no, come on like, <laughs> physically and mentally it's not possible to be that busy and work that hard constantly like you could totally have crunch days or mm-hmm. even weeks right where you're you like you full have. on and you need to really you know get things done but that's not how human beings function
1: literally you're gonna get sick and uh when you work a lot and you take some um, stuff so you can work harder and um, mm-hmm. more you don't feel that when you stop that's when your, that's body, when just your goes, body just goes now like, i'm
0: gonna fuck that's you it. up yeah
1: i came home this was in 2014 with the crate with the states and mm-hmm. that's it uh, next year i wanted to go back i couldn't go back because the company has uh, some legal issues i don't know and i was like uh, i'm gonna go and work on a cruise ship mm-hmm. everybody was like man why? 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 Looking would you for die? some yes. diarrhea time. Why? <laughs> I was like, I don't know why, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and work on a cruise ship. I told my parents. My parents were like, they got used to this stuff with me that I have something in my mind. I'm gonna do it. That's it. No matter what. Yeah. So I applied. I'm not gonna tell the company's name because I did something. It, it's a big company. It's not Disney big, but it's big. Mm-hmm. And their office is in Budapest, in Hungary. Mm-hmm. So I called the company in Budapest. I was like, oh, I want to work with. I want to work with, with this company. They're like, okay, sure. Um, we need uh, cooks, we need bartenders, and servers. I'm like, okay, I can do all three. I mean, I can learn. She was like, yeah, but you have to bring proof that you. Um, finished cook school or cooking school or bartender school or something i was like yeah i have <laughs> <laughs> so i hung up i was like what i'm gonna do because i don't have those diplomas and stuff so i googled um, cook diplomas it <laughs> starts printer, literally. <laughs> I, <laughs> printer like, literally i printed some uh, diplomas one cook one bartender and one server uh, I knew that the company, I searched a little bit um, where the com- where the big company has offices. They never had offices in Romania. So I was like, an American company, they're not going to check. Never. I've been to that school or I haven't been to that school.
0: I mean, people also lie on their CV. So this is the equivalent, <laughs> basically.
1: So I printed those three diplomas, but they looked like crap. I was thinking, what should I do? So I took the diplomas. I went to um, Xerox. Mm -hmm. I made some copies I made black and white copies and I made some uh, color copies Mm -hmm. they look perfect Uh, I got some um, recommendation letters I wrote some recommendation (laughs) letters (laughs) from different uh, hotels and restaurants in Romania I don't know from Brasov and from Bucharest and whatever Mm -hmm. and my mom was like are you sure you want to do this I mean (laughs) like like this are you sure you want to do this like this if you're gonna get caught you're gonna go to prison if nobody's gonna catch you, you are the first person with these balls I have ever known. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do that. I arrived to Budapest. I got hired. I got the visa. I got plane ticket. I got everything. And my kidney broke.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's like, okay, this is a sign that I don't have to go. I went to the States, but that's I think a different story and a different time because it's long. Mm-hmm. I went illegal to the States, so mm. it was.
0: Dun, 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 dun. Yeah,
1: and I got caught, and illegal I got ar- alien. I got arrested, and I stood. I, it was me, Arab guys, and Mexican guys in the in the in the police station in the mm-hmm. airport. That's it. Uh, but I, like I said, it's a. Think we should do a whole
0: segment on that podcast that on episode. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. While you worked in the US legally, yes, <laughs> would you say that there was anything in particular? I'm not talking about cultural shock necessarily, but was there anything at work, for instance, that uh, you found it difficult to get used to or more difficult to get used to?
1: Yes, and no, because I went back to the States uh, one year later, 2016. Mm-hmm. And after that, one year later. And um, I did the same thing, but not uh, not in a warehouse. I was on the streets and moving people around. I got sick of that job in like two weeks, three weeks or a month. And I wanted to do something else. So I applied, I made my license. And um, I got to be a helper second after the foreman. I I'm in a team lead mm-hmm. uh, if, I, if it was... Something tough or something. Um, I got more responsibilities.
0: And what sort of responsibilities did you? I mean, find... you
1: had to you had to do the whole paperwork if something uh, was missing or I don't know. Mm-hmm. You you were the first the first person who they kicked your ass literally. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I lived in Seattle, and it was my first time when I saw a whole new world yes <laughs> a whole I don't know if, if it is if it is a city or just a part of a city uh, of um, trans and you know LGBT mm-hmm. that's uh, community you,
0: that's when you became woke bay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> And it was strange back in those days we don't have and even now we don't have
0: yeah uh, uh, trans visibility in yes. Romania is pretty low even I mean, today
1: the crosswalk was uh, painted in rainbow. It was super nice. I never, s- mm-hmm. I never seen that, sh- th- those kind of stuff. Never. Oh, the mean, first, the first. Uh, can I,
0: can I assume that up until maybe that time, uh, you uh, might have had maybe a bit of uh, homophobic uh, stuff? Yes. Homophobic and yes. transphobic yes. stuff. Yes, uh, yes, because
1: uh, I had because. Uh, y- you know how it is here we know Romania, we so, know Romania. <laughs> so before I went to, to the States I was racist I was homophobic I was like an asshole mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know when you when you go there and, and you you start working with um, African Americans Mexicans or I don't know a lot of na- all the nations from yes the world, yes and you have colleagues who are trans or gay or whatever you just get used to. I mean, not get used to. You you just realize that you're thinking in common. You're poor. <laughs> yes. they are really nice guys. I mean, it's okay. We are people. Yeah. So yes, I have homophobia. That's what. That's why it was this shock for me. from mm-hmm. the first time, I was like, whoa.
0: Was it a turning point in your development as an individual in many ways? I'm not just talking about the, you know, getting rid of homophobia or transphobia, but the general openness and uh, that feeling of being able to get along with people for, from very different backgrounds and with very different histories.
1: I just remember my good Lithuanian friends. I work with a lot of Lithuanians. They are awesome <laughs> people and they know how to party and drink a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All these people, they helped me. They helped me with uh, shyness. They helped me with speaking, speaking in public, if if I had to. Mm -hmm. So um, they are a big part of me, who I am now.
0: Well, on that uh, optimistic tone, I guess uh, we can wrap this up. Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you for being here, because we were planning to do this such a long time ago.
0: I've been waiting here patiently. Yes.
1: (laughs) And um, it's always nice talking to you on the podcast, not on the podcast. It is nice because we have stuff to talk about. We just don't stare at each other. We, we just talk and it flows and flows and flows. And we take each other's verbal opportunities to take the conversation, conversation. to places. Exactly. <laughs> so take the opportunities and it's going to be good.
0: And take the opportunity to share, like and subscribe to this <laughs> <Exactly>. podcast. <laughs> and enjoy other such meandering yet wonderful episodes. So uh, hope you enjoyed this and see you next time. Bye. Bye.